Welcome to our weekly Catechism class. This is a weekly look at the Heidelberg Catechism to help us to learn Christian doctrine with a warm and a practical application. Every lesson has an accompanying study guide. The web link to find that guide is in the episode notes. Now, let's start the class. Today we're finishing our look at Lord's Day 17, question 45. And in this podcast we want to complete those studies that have gone on for a number of weeks on the resurrection of Christ. Let's remember what Lord's Day 17, question 45 asks us. The Catechist asks, How does Christ's resurrection benefit us? The answer we must give, first by his resurrection, he has overcome death, so that he could make us share in the righteousness which he had obtained for us by his death. Second, by his power, we too are raised up to a new life. Third, Christ's resurrection is to us a sure pledge of our glorious resurrection. Now, throughout these past few weeks in the Catechism class, we have been very careful to stress the historicity of the resurrection event. It happened. It happened on a particular day in a certain place. It was witnessed by many, many people. It was an event that changed lives. Those early disciples who witnessed the empty tomb and who met the risen Saviour and who touched his hands and his side were transformed into apostles, ambassadors for Christ who spread the good news that he is risen, and that message changed the world. That generation of first believers has long gone, but the message of the gospel is still being preached, and the resurrection of Jesus still matters, for the resurrection is still having an effect on our lives today. It is an objective historical event that has subjective personal effects in the lives of everyday believers. I'm Bob McAvoy, and this is the Semper Reformata Podcast. So we have spent a lot of time on this subject of the resurrection of Jesus. And we have done so because it is so important. So in this final examination of Lord's Day 17, we're going to try and apply what we've learned, just to sum it up. We must see what the resurrection has accomplished in the life of the believer. In other words, in your life and in mine. So our instructor in the Catechism gives us three separate applications. Let's take them one at a time. Because Jesus is risen, we share in his righteousness. Because Jesus is risen, we are raised to new life. And because Jesus is risen, we are assured that we too will rise. So number one, we share in his righteousness. Romans chapter 4 and verse 25, Paul says, Who was delivered for our offences and was raised again for our justification. The Catechist says, By his resurrection he has overcome death, so that he could make us share in the righteousness which he had obtained for us by his death. 
when I was a teenager, we learned a song and we taught it to children in Sunday school. The song went, I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. I needed someone to wash my sins away. That more or less sums up what Jesus did on the cross. On the cross, he took my sin upon himself. He paid the great debt that I owed. He took my punishment, every last drop of it. Now think about this once again. My sins deserve eternity in hell, an eternal conscious domination and punishment. And Jesus took my hell. He endured my hell, my punishment for me. And when God raised Jesus from the dead, he, the Father, set his seal of approval upon what Christ had done. He demonstrated to us that death and sin and the devil are all defeated and we are justified before God. Romans chapter 1 and verse 4. Jesus is declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. In raising Jesus from the dead, in demonstrating his power over death, Christ's power over death, God has declared to us the divinity of Christ, the mighty powerful one. The Amplified Bible helps us with this. It says, and as to his divine nature, according to the spirit of holiness, was openly designated to be the Son of God with power in a triumphant and miraculous way by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. We know that we are right with God. We are assured of that for all eternity because Jesus is risen and so it is well with my soul. 1 Peter 1 and verse 3 to 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incomparable and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Kevin DeYoung, in his book, The Good News We Almost Forgot, uses a great illustration, and I'm going to borrow it from him, for I really can't think of a better one. Here's the illustration. So a family of six boys lived with their parents. One day, the five younger boys decided to get up to a little bit of mischief. They went down to a local shop and they stole some fireworks. Stupidly, they decided to let the fireworks off in their own back garden. Well, needless to say, that attracted the attention of their father, and he was extremely displeased. He decided that whoever was responsible had to be punished. He was about to demonstrate the depths of his anger in the boys when the older boy, who was completely innocent, who hadn't been at the shop, who hadn't been involved in the fireworks, who'd simply been reading in his room, stepped forward. I'm to blame, he said. The father was angry. And rightly so. He punished the firstborn son by sending him to his room. The other boys knew that someone else had paid for their crime. But they were still worried. For the elder brother was still in the room, still paying the price. It wasn't over. Not yet. The next morning their fears were relieved. 
The elder brother was allowed out of the room again. He got up and he had his breakfast with the rest of the family. He was now out of the room and he was living with them again and the brothers now knew that the matter was closed. It was over. The relationship with the father was restored and they knew it. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20 But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Okay, Kevin de Young's illustration isn't probably perfect, and I haven't maybe given it word for word, but it helps us. It shows us that Jesus has paid the price for our sin, and we know that that atoning work is acceptable to God because he has risen from the grave. The second benefit of the resurrection is that because Christ is risen from the dead, we are raised to new life. Catechist says, by his power, we too are raised up to a new life. Jesus made a promise to his disciples. He promised that if he left them, when he left them and went away, he would give them the Holy Spirit, who would convict them of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit does the saving work, applies the work of the cross to our lives. But what does he do? In John chapter 5 and verse 24, Jesus says, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Now let's think about the events of that passage, the context in which that little verse is set. A man who has been suffering from paralysis was lying at a pool in Jerusalem. He's hoping that the next time the waters move, it will be an angel stirring the water and offering healing to the first person who'd enter the water. But he can't move, and he has no one to help. So he's helpless and paralysed, and he's hopeless. And then he meets Jesus. And the Lord Jesus commands him to rise and take up his bed and walk, and he is healed, and he obeys the Master's command. But it's the Sabbath. And walking about and carrying a bed on the Sabbath is work according to the traditions, and the Jews are not at all impressed. They find out who it was that healed the man, and they plot against him, and they resolve to kill him. Now Jesus makes a defence against his accusers. In John 5 and verse 24, he begins that defence. A defence that includes teaching on the resurrection, on passing from death to life. Passing from death to life is our resurrection. Now at conversion, we are brought from death to life. So Jesus said to his detractors that day, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. In Christ we have new life. As sinners we are dead, but at conversion we are brought from death to new life. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul says, And you hath he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. In Colossians 2 and 13, And you, being dead in your trespasses, 
and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. In Christ we are raised to new life. The Holy Spirit applying the power of his resurrection to us. And what that means is that we have shared in his resurrection just as we shared in his death. Just as he died representing me on the cross, so he rose representing me as he came out of the tomb. In Christ we are passed from death unto life. Paul said in Ephesians 2, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. We are raised in him. Colossians 3 and verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. The final benefit that the Catechist gives to us is the benefit of a future resurrection. Because Jesus has risen from the dead, we are assured that one day we will rise too. Here's the words of the Catechist. Christ's resurrection is to us a sure pledge of our glorious resurrection. The Reformed position is that when we are saved, a radical event has occurred in the life of the believer. We are a new creation with new life. The first resurrection has already occurred. But a day is coming when Christ will return and the dead will be raised. All the dead, those who are made righteous in Christ and the lost, but their destinations will be different. And we call this the general resurrection of the dead. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, Paul writes, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working, whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So our instructor in the Catechism reminds us that the fact that Christ has risen from the dead is a sure guarantee to us that one day we will rise also. Romans 8 and verse 11 If the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Just as sure as Jesus rose, so we will rise too. And that's a sure and certain promise that we can claim in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive, but every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. Three great benefits that we enjoy because Jesus is risen. We share in his righteousness. We are raised to new life and we are assured 
of a future resurrection. So all of that brings our discussion and our examination of the resurrection of Jesus to a conclusion. Well, for now anyway. I hope that you've got a real appreciation of the importance of this historical event and its doctrinal significance. And I hope that we understand what it means, something of what it means, to live in the power of Christ's resurrection, having been clothed in the righteousness of Christ, having a new life and having a truly glorious future. If you appreciate listening to the podcast or getting the CDs and listening in CD form, then you can help me. Please open the podcast app on your mobile phone or your smart device and look for the Semper Reformata podcast. And when you find it, subscribe. And if your podcast app allows, give it a five star rating. That will bring it up the charts slightly and it will help others to find the podcast more easily. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk again next time.